Halloween, the spookiest of the spooky seasons, has been a commercial success for many, if not all, candy companies. Trick-or-treaters now expect the reward of candy or face ridicule by all extremely mean children. But this tradition, although fun, is quite strange. People dressing up as characters and professions to get candy? How did all this come to be? How did candy come into the equation? Most importantly, will code affect this ghoulish holiday? Welcome to Spoonable Standpoint, the podcast where your hosts, Lee and Charlene, dig into food culture. In this episode, we'll be discussing how Halloween has come to be and evolved, as well as how candy came to be such an important part of the tradition. Later, we'll discuss how COVID may have changed it forever and how it could evolve further, as well as how it has impacted our lives. Are we at peak evolution, or could it be better? Does Halloween candy provide the love for the holiday? But first... How did candy even become a tradition for Halloween? Fall is a time of year with most of its own merchandise. Every coffee shop has pumpkin spice lattes. Every food company that makes any food makes pumpkin spice flavored of that food. Pumpkin and apple picking are essential parts of fall to some and are all over your social media feeds. But for a special day once a year, that happiness of fall goes out the window is replaced with Halloween-related merchandise. Spooky lattes instead of pumpkin spice, skeleton cookies instead of apples, and candy everywhere. So, although asking why Halloween candy is popular is essential, the first question we should answer more is why such a beautiful season contains such a devilish day. Why is Halloween such a big tradition in America? Halloween, unsurprisingly, did not start in America. Instead, the answer lies with the Celts, who are the indigenous people of Ireland, Scotland, and northern France. Their culture was very different from the Roman descent countries, especially when it came to years. November 1st for the Roman descent countries was, well, November 1st, but for the Celts, November 1st, or their version of November 1st, was the start of their new year. This was because it marked the end of the harvest and the beginning of the terrible northern European winter. The Celts believed that on October 31st, the lines between the spirit world and our world were blurred, and that spirits roamed the earth on this day, similar to Dias de los Muertos. They called this day Samhain, and they didn't necessarily celebrate it. They believed that the spirits would cause trouble, and to maintain it, they would sacrifice animals and crops to their gods while wearing animal skins. By the 8th century, Pope Gregory III designated November 1st as All Saints Day, so there would be some contradiction with the Celts. So, more people started to celebrate the day before All Saints Day, called All Hallows' Eve, in the way that Celts would celebrate Samhain, and the tradition soon stuck into the culture and evolved into what we know as Halloween today. It would later come to America as more immigrants would come and make Halloween an American tradition by the 1930s. But what about the candy? Well, when trick-or-treating on Halloween first became incredibly popular in the 1930s, children would not get candy. Maybe they would, but they had an equal chance of getting coins, nuts, toys, or maybe some fruit. 
According to The Atlantic, in the 1950s, products like Kool-Aid and Kellogg's cereal were advertised as sugar treat items. But candy did not come, become popular until later when companies started to run ads promoting candy as a Halloween product. They saw the opportunity when they noticed that in the fall, less candy was being sold as opposed to the spring and winter with its candy-filled holidays. Companies like Hershey started pushing candies into the mouth of trick-or-treaters, but not just any kind. Miniature-sized. This way, adults didn't have to buy 200 full candy bars and could save their money by buying smaller, pre-packaged candy in bulk. That was the other thing. Pre-packed. Not only was it a hassle to make your own Halloween candy to give out, but it could potentially be dangerous. In the 1970s, serial killers were on the minds of every parent, and getting candy from a random stranger seemed unsafe. But how could someone tamper with a pre-packed Snickers bar without it being extremely obvious? With those two things, Halloween candy sales took off, which only made them more economically viable for more Americans. Not only this, but it gave many children an incentive to be safer in their neighborhoods. Any teen movie is rampant with the Halloween prank tropes, and sadly, that trope is pretty accurate. While kids would trick-or-treat, teenagers would run rampant and throw small pranks like egging or TPing houses. In the mid-19th century, Candy wasn't given, and I'm sure most teenagers didn't want any plastic tchotchkes or fruit. If they could receive something that they wanted, then perhaps more would start being more safe. And what does everyone love? Candy. And that's just it. Candy makes Halloween an amazing holiday, especially since it's so grotesquely cheap. But post-COVID, will how we distribute Halloween candy stay the same? Or will changes start to be implemented? Frankly, I don't think that many changes will happen this year. Mostly because people might not be masked. They'll be masked, sure, like Halloween masks, but they won't, they probably won't be wearing, you know, their surgical masks or their cloth masks or whatever they're wearing. And I think that could be pretty dangerous. <laughs> but something that I think is very safe about Halloween and always has been very safe is the fact that Halloween candy is always prepackaged. If everyone made their own Halloween candy, it'd be a lot of work and it would also be kind of unsafe. Because one, you don't know what the ingredients they use. I bet, I bet a lot of kids would go to the hospital for eating peanuts or whatever. As a little candy bar, you know exactly what's in it. They tell you on the back and they say, if you're allergic to soy, peanuts, you know, whatever, don't don't eat this. And you're like, oh, okay, this is going to kill me. I'm not going to eat that. But the fact that they're prepackaged, it's a lot more sanitary. You don't have to worry about cross-contamination. You don't have to worry about, is my kitchen nice and clean? Is it up to health standards? So, although I think it could be dangerous because of no masks and the fact that not many, not as many people are vaccinated as there should be, it could be, it could be very unsafe. But at the same time, I don't think anyone's going to get COVID from the candy. And it's not just getting COVID from the candy that makes it so perfect for Halloween. It's that it's so convenient and so easy for people to just go to the store and get a 
bulk bag of individually wrapped candy that they can easily portion and just give out and everyone is happy. This is another reason why candy companies really lucked out when it came to this holiday and sort of found that sweet spot for sales while also being able to have such a huge impact on the tradition. However, I think the problem doesn't lie in the COVID transmission from the candy itself. I think it definitely lies more in how the candy is distributed. I mean, you're going to people's houses and getting close contact with the people as they give you candy. And you're doing that with like tons and tons of houses and passing by other trick-or-treaters. You usually go to trick-or-treat in groups and all that like the tradition of just going around itself, not even the candy, all that I feel has a much greater impact on COVID transmission than the candy itself. So last year, at least, when the pandemic was worse than it is for this year's Halloween, and the whole thing was sort of newer to everyone, people found very creative ways to celebrate this holiday some by excluding trick-or-treating altogether, by doing things like carving pumpkins and making Halloween treats, having movie nights instead all at home. Or people have also distributed candy but found very creative ways to do it, like through shoots, homemade robots, even zip lines for the candy. So this definitely shows that the holiday itself is still super important to American culture. And going back to what you were saying about how candy companies seem to luck out on Halloween and people loving candy on Halloween, I think that goes to show you how special Halloween is or how popular it is, I guess, because there are only a few times of the year where candy companies are pushing candy sales. It's usually around Christmas time, maybe you know Easter. But Halloween, it's like you see hundreds and hundreds of ads everywhere you go about the new glow-in-the-dark Kit Kat. For some reason, now they're all doing like glow-in-the-dark stuff. But I feel like Halloween is such a holiday that doesn't seem like it is the victim of consumerism. But I think more than any other holiday, it might be. Just because the biggest part of... Halloween is candy. If a house doesn't have candy, or they don't have good candy, maybe Charlene's too nice to think this, right? But I know for a fact that most people, if they go to a house, they trick-or-treat, and they're like, here's an apple. You know, they're not like, oh, gee, thanks, an apple. They're like, get some Reese's next time. Jeez, dude. Maybe it's just... (laughs) Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just mean. But... The fact that it's, it's like common courtesy to go out and buy bags of candy, that really goes to show you how consumerism filled it is. And not just that, but that people will get angry at you if you don't have it. Yeah, I'm definitely agreeing with that whole sort of thing where people will literally get angry if you don't have good candy. I've seen like a lot of people joke about like, keeping record of like what house has what candy what house gives what candy to to be able to get the best yield without having to you know go to every house and waste your time there now yeah you're right I won't get angry at the person but I mean 
I would question it. I mean, there have been some people where, like, years ago, years and years ago, I would ring the doorbell, and then they, and then they'd say, "Nobody's home." Like, what? Okay, you know what? You know what? Whatever. Fine, I get it. But then there are some other people. I remember this one case very clearly because I'm just very weirded out. <laughs> uh, they just had like a giant store bought plastic container of candy corn, which number one, I mean, who likes candy corn? You know what? Fine. You know what? Candy corn is very highly associated with fall and Halloween, so I get it. But what this person did is like, they just took a handful of it and then put it in the bag with all the other candy. So it was just like, it, it was just there. It was just sitting there and like mixing around with all the other stuff. And I mean, back then I was like, I was a little like, hmm, but then, but now with COVID and everything, and now that everyone's like much more conscious about this stuff, I don't know that <laughs> it still really sticks with me today, but hopefully people aren't doing that anymore. And as we could see with how important the holiday is to everyone because of all the ways that they're trying to compromise and all the ways that they're trying to celebrate it regardless, it really shows how adaptable it is. On one end, yeah, you have people giving, giving you know, the normal candy, normal way, ring the doorbell, they you say trick or treat and they just, you know, give it to you. But on the other hand, you also have people, like I was mentioning before, building shoots, building robots to, to give them out. It really shows like how much potential it has from the future. And I know that there were some controversies with candy in the past, with Halloween candy itself in the past, but even still, it's still standing. The tradition's still going strong and it's expected to go even stronger. That is a very weird story about that candy corn. I know for a fact that would not pass now, <laughs> but it's kind of strange that it would pass back then. You quickly brought up the controversies surrounding Halloween. And I think that it's so weird to give out candy corn that's just loose, like loose candy corn, because it's always been a fear of trick-or-treaters, and especially parents, that the candy that their kids get are tampered with or the fruits that they're getting are filled with, like, razor blades. And it's such a prevalent fear. My mom said that when she was growing up, every so often she would get an apple and her mom would, would always be like, you do not bite into that. You give it to me. I'm going to cut it up, make sure there's not a razor blade in there and then you can eat it. So it was a, it, it was a real fear. It still is a real fear. If I get an apple, I'm not going to be like, oh, thanks. <sighs> ah, you know, and my mom would probably take it be like, you're not eating that. I'm going to cut it up for you. So you don't die. Uh, so the roof of your mouth doesn't leak your brains or whatever. And you know, most of the time, candy is not tampered with. Because who would go through the tr trouble of unwrapping 800 little Snickers fun size bars, putting something in there, and then resealing it perfectly? Like, that's the beauty about that pre wrapped candy. Like, you, you can tell if someone's tampered with it. If it looks like someone took an iron to the seal, then it's like, yeah, I'm not going to have this, <laughs> this Kit Kat. But I'm sure these instances did happen before uh, pre-packed candy was a thing. I know there's this story about, it was in like the 50s, maybe the 60s, where there was this dentist in California, and he gave out, I think it was like 500 pieces of candy. They were all laced with laxatives. So, so if you don't know what a laxative is, 
should be lucky because those kids were pooping their pants. But, you know, that isn't as bad as, like, it being laced with, like, cyanide where the kids, like, drop dead. But it's scary. You know, if you eat a little, if you, if you, if you eat candy, you're not worried about whether or not it's tampered. So that fear that something is tampered with is very scary. And it's very prevalent still with, with homemade stuff. But I think because of pre-wrapped Halloween candy, that's become less and less of a fear. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of that fear is just based on like hoaxes and myths because there was not a single reported case of anyone getting seriously harmed or killed from tampered candy. And it's just been found that most stories of tampered Halloween candy are just straight up fake. And like you were saying, it's really easy to tell when candy's been tampered, but it's still, I mean, a legitimate fear. I mean, you're getting candy from like tens or hundreds maybe of houses. It's just so uncommon. And my parents were the same. Like, I'd just organize out my candy just to see of how much of each candy I got and, you know, when I'd eat them, how much I'd give away. And while I was doing that, my parents, especially my mom, would go through all of them and check the wrappers to see if any of them have been tampered with. So it really shows how prevalent it is. But at the same time, I was still trick-or-treating. You were still trick-or-treating amidst all these fears. Ever like many people were still trick-or-treating acknowledging it and be like okay it's a low chance it's whatever and trick-or-treating and halloween traditions are fun so i'm gonna keep doing them so that alone kind of already demonstrates like how this tradition isn't gonna go anywhere you know what i just had a very weird memory come back to me i was in like eighth grade there was this guy who he had like a cotton candy machine instead of giving out candy he would give away you know things of cotton candy and i was like you know it was cotton candy so it was delicious but in retrospect that was the dumbest thing that like there's a chance that it might not have been like sugar and it could have been something worse that he was able to figure out how to cotton candy so i could have died from that but you know that's kind of adding on to what you're saying about how when you're trick-or-treating you don't think about it you don't go to someone's house and when they give you candy you're like hmm on a scale from one to ten how likely is it that they gave me candy that is going to make me die or is going to make me poop my pants or whatever? But I think that's what pre-packed Halloween candy has done. It's kind of taken away that fear and it's given us the convenience of not needing to think about it. And it's given us the convenience, the biggest convenience to not need to make our own candy and to get as much as we want And I think that's what's so special about Halloween. Not the fact that you get to dress up, but the fact that I get to get a big bag of candy for free. And I know what it's going to be because it's usually about the same every year because everyone buys kind of the same kinds of packs. And you get to eat it at the end. When I think of Halloween, I I, I don't think of trick-or-treating. That's, you know... It's the same thing every single house. Trick or treat gets candy. Next house, trick or treat, um, you know, get candy. Which house should we go to? I don't know, you know. But the memories that I think about is sitting down with my sister after we've done trick or treating, dump out all the candy, be like, okay, Snickers in that pile, Kit Kat in that pile, Skills in this pile, and it was over here, you know. And then we split all the candy evenly. So stuff like that sticks with me more. The fact that you get to like bond with someone over food. That's what is so special about Halloween, in my opinion. 
Yeah, that's true. And I do have some memories of of splitting and trading candy with some people. But even if outside the pandemic, Halloween were to decline for some reason, I don't think the candy industry would let that slide. They make so much money from Halloween sales alone. The average person in 2021 now spends around $102 this year per person on Halloween. And when you add that all up, it's a lot of money. Not only that, but thanks to the pandemic and people finding more creative ways to celebrate Halloween, as well as people just excited to go back to the trick-or-treating tradition that they're used to from before because now it's a bit safer to do so, candy sales have risen a lot. About 82% of Americans are planning on celebrating this year, which has led to a 48% in total increase of general Halloween candy and chocolate sales, which is crazy. Now, we can't really tell whether it's going to balance out when things really start to get normal again after years and years, but given how successful it was in the past, I don't have any doubt that it would still remain as successful as it was and has remained for so long. Yeah, it's true that the rise this year might just be because everyone's like, finally we're back to normal but it's an extremely profitable holiday and one of the biggest holidays for candy so i really have no doubt that its popularity or hold it has on american culture will be changing or diminishing anytime soon what has halloween candy done for halloween everything toys and coins and nuts might be fine to get when trick-or-treating but nothing beats candy people of all ages love it whether or not it's bad for them Candy provides children with memories and a reward for trying your hardest on a costume. Will COVID change Halloween drastically? Probably not. Because Halloween candy gets everyone's sweet tooth filled. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Spoonable Standpoint. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Spoonable underscore Standpoint for our latest updates, link to our website, and other bonus content. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share. We release a new episode every other Friday, and we hope to see you there.